0: You'll hear from writers, actors, singers, dancers, musicians, painters, multi-passionate creatives, and anyone else who considers themselves a creative soul. Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Creative Soul Podcast. I'm so excited to have you today, and I am currently recording this intro episode from a little surfer town in Oaxaca in Mexico called Puerto Escondido. I was in Mexico City for the last two weeks, and I'm now in this little beach town. So if you hear any dogs barking uh, or ocean waves, then that's what that is. Um, If you didn't catch my solo episode last week, I talked a little bit about my travels in Mexico, why I'm here, what I'm doing, and kind of the new direction of the Creative Soul podcast, wanting to share more of my solo episodes while I'm traveling, and it's harder to connect with other people recording interviews. Um, But yeah, so if you have any requests for some solo episodes, definitely let me know, um, and I'm happy to record and just create community in that way. But today we have a guest, Sarah Mack. So Sarah Mack is a creative business coach who supports creative entrepreneurs to hit five-figure months in fun ways in their dream business, She helps her clients to share their unique gifts through powerful storytelling that magnetizes dream clients to their offers with ease. Originally from the UK, Sarah is now based in New York and is also a songwriter and performer. So Sarah and I actually recorded this podcast episode a couple months ago, but I love listening to my interviews back because I gain so much wisdom the second time around, and this episode is no exception. In this episode, we talk about entrepreneurship and her journey to entrepreneurship and how she helps other entrepreneurs make money. We talk a lot in this episode about money mindset for creatives, which is such an important topic and isn't talked about enough, and I'm so grateful that Sarah does this work because Not only do a lot of people in our world need to look at their money mindset, but especially artists, especially creatives. The narratives that I've heard growing up surrounding money and creativity and money and art is just so backwards. And as we talk about in this episode, there are ways that you can, you know, rewrite those beliefs, rewrite those rules and create your own ways of how you want to live and how you want to make money. And I really love that Sarah mentioned that you know, artists are visionaries and artists are creative people. And the more creative we can get with ways to make money or how we want to make money or how we want to live our life and how we want to serve and share and create an impact on others is totally in the hands of that artist, of that creator, of that visionary. And so this episode's so important in really looking at your money mindset. And Sarah gives us some tools and practices to be able to start that process. Because I will say for myself I've been doing money mindset work probably for the last three years and you know she talked about it she's been doing it for for longer than that and it's a never-ending journey you know you're you're constantly coming up different beliefs different stories that you heard from just living in our society today so definitely enjoy this episode I love talking about money because money is something that I don't think a lot of us really talk about and I think that we are taught that money is a taboo subject. But the more that we talk about money and the more that we are transparent about talking about money, I think the the better that we all rise, the better that we all are able to kind of create that life for ourselves. So without further ado, enjoy this episode with Sarah Mack. Hi, Sarah. Thanks so much for coming on the Creator Soul Podcast.
1: Hi Leia, thank you so much for having me.
0: Of course. So the first question that I always start off with is what is currently fueling your creative soul?
1: That's a good question. To give you an answer <laughs> would probably be challenging. I would say, okay, right now I'm I'm kind of newly on the journey of learning music production. I'm having loads of fun with it. I was, so I was writing lyrics for other artists for a while then I started writing rap for myself and I was kind of on the hunt for a producer who could make beats that were kind of in a style that I really vibed with and I was kind of struggling and then I just realized that I had to become that for myself and I bit the bullet and it was kind of a real struggle of a learning curve, I'm not gonna lie, to kind of get into Ableton Live, which is the production software that that I'm using. And I'm still like struggling my way through, but I've pulled together enough kind of basic tools to be able to make my own beats. And, and I'm on that adventure at the moment. So that's kind of my, what I'm doing when I'm not working on my business.
0: Oh my gosh, where did writing raps come
1: from? Is that something you've always done or is that a new no. interest? What that came about, I... When I met my partner, I think it was like seven or eight years ago, I got really inspired to start writing a lot of love poetry and that just kind of started pouring out of me and I discovered that I had this, you know, just like writing in rhythm with something that just came very naturally to me. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then I was just like, how can I use this skill like in other ways and that's what led me to writing song lyrics for other artists and then I don't know yeah it just kind of came out of that like I just started exploring with spoken word and rap and I just because I don't have really any musical training beyond doing musical theater when i was a teenager and i think just that desire to express myself through song and oh yeah this happened i went to do a vipassana 10-day silent meditation retreat when i was in india in the middle of my eat pray love burnout i literally watched eat pray love when i was there and i was like this is happening to me like what is this story what's going on and i had the intuition to explore rap and hip-hop and i was like this is strange this and then i was like it, it's really strange and and like doesn't feel right and then at the same time it really makes a lot of sense because my it kind of draws together a lot of my different passions like i'm a dancer you know i have my background in theater and 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 writing and film and video and so that's kind of what i've been exploring
0: that is so cool and also i already feel like i mean we connected because i feel like We're in the same space and all that. But just the fact that you had this eat, pray, love moment. I had my own own eat, pray, love moment. And you did a Vipassana, which I have been dying to do. But every time I try to check the website, I mean, they've been closed because of COVID. And I feel like it's hard to get a spot. So I'm just curious for my own reasons, like what was that experience like? And what did
1: you learn from that? Was it hard? Like, was it life-changing? Yeah, it was amazing. I definitely, definitely, recommend doing it. And for me at that time, I always end up doing these things for like kind of the wrong reasons, <laughs> but like I was in Bali in the middle of a burnout. I was working for my friend's business and then that all kind of fell apart cause she got dengue fever and just you know, like a series of unfortunate events. And so I went to India, not because I wanted to go to India, simply because it was cheaper than Bali. And I was, that was the beginning of, you know, my entrepreneurial adventures. And I was starting to build a client base as a writer, as a copywriter and an editor at that time. So I just wanted to be in a $5 a day hotel. <laughs> like That was really my goal that led me to India. And then because I was completely broke, cause I'd just finished my masters, I was like, oh, if I go to the Vipassana, then I can, and I knew I had to just do meditation and yoga to really rebuild my health from the burnout and really listen to like what had got me to this state in the first place. And I was like, oh, you can just like do donations. And it's basically 10 days of accommodation. So I was like, I'll go and do it. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And it was but every time I traveled in India because my immune system was so low because I was, you know, in the midst of chronic fatigue, I caught some type of stomach infection. I'd already had a bunch when I was in Bali. And so... I got one on the way to Vipassana. So that was my first experience of like really a lot of very intense physical symptoms. And then because I was highly sensitive, I started, I didn't realise what was going on, but I started reacting to the mosquito repellent in our bedroom because it was a very small space. And I think some of the products in India are kind of quite toxic because they don't have the same kind of you know rules and about what's, you know, what's safer consumption and stuff like that. So I broke out in hives and was having this allergic reaction and was like really sick. And they had to call this Indian doctor to come in and give me this like random antihistamine injection. And yeah, so that was going on. And then in between that, I think because I'd been, I would definitely recommend if you're gonna do it, like do some sitting meditation regularly for longer periods of time. I've been doing yoga for well over a decade. So it's, and I'm quite flexible and loose in my hips. So it's definitely comfortable for me to sit for long periods of time. And I think that was definitely a benefit because I was able to experience peace without too much physical pain from being in you know, sitting meditation for for 10 hours a day. So I definitely recommend like start to increase your, just the time of your sitting meditations daily to work up to it and you will for sure get more out of it. And the experience for me was very much like just allowing my body that space to release Stress, And so I would, you know, I'd go through these cycles of just silence, silence, like calm, still meditation. And then after a few days, I would just start to break out into fits of crying. And it wasn't attached to any emotions. It wasn't attached to any memories. Like there was nothing in my head. It was really just a very physical release. And it was obviously my body releasing stress. And, and so I would just like cry and I'll just be like bawling for, you know, like, I don't know, an hour or so. And then I would go back into stillness again. And then that would happen like a couple days later. So obviously, you know, it's, it's just very powerful. It's very rejuvenating and and like a massive reset for all of the systems of the body, mind, spirit. So I highly recommend it.
0: Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, I love hearing about like people's different experience because just... 10 days, no phone, no distractions, just you and your mind, just the amount of healing and things that can come up during that is so powerful. And so you also mentioned, you know, you, you kind of went to this retreat because of burnout. And so will you give us just a little, a little background on who you are, what you do
1: and how you got to where you are today? Sure. So I was working on film crews and I was doing my master's in film studies so I was studying in the winter and then I would fly to Vancouver in Montreal and then I would fly to Vancouver and work on film crews all summer long and kind of like earn my money for the year and then study throughout the winter. And and Montreal is like my happy place. It's just all of my favorite things in one place. So, you know, I had so many projects going on all the music, all the arts festivals. You know, I was taking extra courses because I'd got this funded place in my masters and I was like, what an incredible opportunity. It was, you know, really like living my best life a little bit too much. And then my body started to shut down and I started to get 6 p.m. headaches and you know, I had to like delay the last year of my masters. I had to just cut out all of the things that I loved because my body just wasn't, didn't have the capacity. And so that's what really prompted a career shift. And I I, I wasn't feeling creatively very fulfilled working on film crews. It's very much like being in the army and like driving and moving furniture and like logistics and you know, really amazing adventures and for, for the time that I was doing that, but I was ready for something else and i knew i wanted to be location independent so that's what prompted when my friend reached out and was like do you want to come and help out in our business we're in bali she was a doctor with some online um courses so i was like yeah definitely went out there that's when i discovered i was really good at writing and i was helping her with her website and i met some other writers out there that's what got me into copywriting and kind of introduced me to the world of digital entrepreneurship and you know online marketing so i started writing for over a thousand different types of online entrepreneurs. And I really got to see that you can create a business out of anything that you're passionate about, because if you're really passionate about it, like for sure out there on the internet, there are other people who will agree with you and be really excited about the work that you're doing. And I really saw that in just the diversity of clients that I was writing for. Then I started attracting a lot of coaches and that introduced me to the coaching industry. And I just got really curious about a lot of these amazing people out there just having phenomenal lives and creating huge impact and massive transformation and I ended up in a coaching that's what introduced me to money mindset and I started applying that in my work as a writer and just started growing you know I doubled my income three years in a row I, I was like this is an amazing like more people need to be doing this mindset work because I can write the perfect piece of copy for them but if they are self-sabotaging or have imposter syndrome or have fears of visibility or Issues, you know, money mindset stuff like blocks around receiving money and charging their worth, then it's not going to do anything for them. And so that's when I launched my coaching business and I started incorporating money mindset into content strategy for women, business owners, and creatives who want to launch their dream creative business. And that is, you know, part of the reason I wanted to be an entrepreneur was to have freedom in my schedule so that I could take care of my health, so that I could take a nap when I needed to, you know, spend the time and build resources to invest in the knowledge, the education, the supplements, the practices, you know, all the things that I needed to basically rebuild my energy. And a lot of that led to some really deep emotional healing from childhood trauma, from, you know, I recently discovered that I had experienced sexual trauma, that had I'd suppressed as a memory and it was symptoms of ptsd that i was experiencing and i didn't know that for a very long time i was just you know being really curious with what the symptoms were going on and really paying attention to the conversation of energy management and coming at my health and my well-being from from every level and you know that started with physical health and you know energy management and then i knew there was more and that really led me to explore more emotional healing and energetic healing And really listening to myself at deeper levels and working with all different kinds of different practitioners and basically just trying anything and everything to to get my health back and to feel you know more in alignment and to have more freedom to do the things that i really wanted to do and that's that's really the business that i've built today is one that gives me the freedom to take care of myself to prioritize my health and to prioritize you know, projects. And like I was saying, with my music production, that I just never really had time for when I was, you know, working 18 hour days on film crews. And, and that was always really the motivation behind becoming an entrepreneur so that I could have more creative freedom, I would never have to ask anybody for money for anything that I had to do, I get to create all of that for myself. And it's just a level of freedom that is so fulfilling. And and now I'm obviously really passionate about supporting other women to experience that as well.
0: Mm, Thank you for sharing all of that. And yeah, i I love, you know why coming into entrepreneurship, it's because, you know, you're looking for that time, location, financial freedom. and and when you're starting something new, I think it can be a little daunting to a lot of people. you know, just kind of like figuring out new systems, figuring out new ways to work, rewiring your mindset, all of those different things. And so for you in the beginning, like how how did you how did you build what you've built today, especially, you know, seeking that time, like did you find that there was like a lot of hours needing to be put in it at the forefront and then you, now you're at this place where you can kind of release the reins a little bit or like what was that new way of working and how did that work for you?
1: Yeah, I've been reflecting on this a lot because I know obviously people are in very different places when they decide to start their business or to make a career shift. And I think for me, it was such a high pressure situation because I let it get to that point. And I've always been the type of person that kind of like jumps with two feet first and like cl- tries to clean up the mess that I've left behind me along the way. And that's pretty much the situation I was in when I stepped into becoming an entrepreneur. And although, to be fair, I didn't anticipate that my friends, that working with my friends' business would fall apart so soon and in such a dramatic way. So I was really, I guess, just thrown by the universe in like fully into it. And I literally, you know, that was like a rock bottom moment for me. Like I was broke from my masters. I really just had not very much to offer because I was so sick and didn't, hadn't really built, I had nothing, I had no portfolio. I'd literally only just come to the the idea that I could use my ability to write, to add value to others and to make an income for myself. And, and I think you know so I literally just applied for a bunch of credit cards to kind of tide me over while I rebuilt an income and I think I knew that it was it felt right to me and I was excited about it and I wanted to do it and there was there was really like no other option on the table for me at that point so I was really just like I have no option but to make this work and it, I just started off you know doing a few hours a day like figuring out I, I you know created a profile on fiverr.com and really lowballed my prices to begin with just so i could start getting clients and then i'd really just like built it one client at a time up from then until i had a full workload and then gradually started increasing my prices so and that's really how i started my coaching business as well you know i just took a couple clients on for free so that i could get some experience and like build my confidence and my process and get really clear on what it how to talk about what it was that i could do for people and then just you know, started pitching offers and enrolling small numbers of people and, then, and building up obviously my prices and my, and my offers from there. So I think, I think there's no right or wrong way to edge into, to the next phase of what it is that you want to do. But I do definitely think it's easier if you can find a way to go all in. You know, even if it's, you know, obviously honoring your transition and I'm not saying like completely quit your job and and jump in, but like energetically like deciding, you know, like treat it as if it is your only job. And that is the thing that you need to pay your bills every month and really commit to it at that level and just decide that there's no other option for this to work, you will make it work. And I think sometimes, you know, obviously not everything works out the way you think it's going to work out to begin with but if you're consistent and you never give up on the goal you will you will get there Mm.
0: yeah I'm curious I think that's so helpful to hear like how what it looked like at the beginning because I think we often hear the success story at the end and and I'm always curious like okay but what were those tangible steps that you know need to be taken and I'm curious like if and i'm sure there were but you know throughout the journey like you know starting out getting clients you know do you do you experience dips within that of like coming up against these roadblocks which then that you know could be a mindset thing could be limiting beliefs anything like that and and i on this podcast we talk a lot about like creative blocks but like when you were kind of on your way, and I know now you say, you know, you're a multiple six-figure business owner, which is incredible, but like in like the middle part of the journey, were there ever times where it felt like too much or if there was anything coming up that, you know, you felt like you couldn't do this or you wanted to give up or or anything like that? And how did you kind of overcome those, those periods?
1: I would say for me, like I've never ever considered quitting on my business. I think that in the beginning stage, there was definitely like, like, am I really gonna go all in on this? Like, you know, like, is this the thing that I'm really, you know, I'd be like, I'd be going all in and that this needs to cover my bills and that, you know, this is the way that I'm creating my income, but then there would be some trepidation of like, well, you know, obviously just fears of like how this could go wrong or how it could take over my life or how, you know, if I like fully, pursue this direction like am i missing out on something else that i should be paying attention to now and you know like these types of like multi-passionate creative shiny object type fears and i think i think it i've always really enjoyed it and i think i've always within the parameters of what i believe is possible for me i've always I've always just found something that excites me and I always go towards the thing that most excites me about that thing and often it's the thing that just gives me the most freedom or like makes me the most money but at the same time I'm very stubborn and if something doesn't align with my values or I believe that it's like out of integrity with who I am like I'm I'm, I can't do it like I'm very resistant and so I think that kind of stubbornness has always made it there's definitely been times where I didn't fully believe that I could do it in the way that I wanted to do it. And I really had to do the mindset work and just try it and put myself out there, particularly with raising my rates. Like all the time, I'm like, I feel like I need to raise my rates. I know that this is the right decision and I'm going to do it because I'm not available to to work for any less than this. And then I'll put my rates up and then I'll be like, no one like no one's gonna buy at this new rate and like every single time I prove myself wrong right but every single time it still happens and so I've never and obviously the more clients I get the better I get at it the more fun it gets the more amazing my clients are the more just fun and fulfillment I've been having day to day like this is my dream job it makes me so happy like I I love every single aspect of my business aside from accounting and some administrative things I'm working (laughs) through getting better at but but the challenges for me have really been in my personal life and you know having boundaries between my work and my personal life and my relationships and my emotional health and really like that's something that i've had to work on a lot and i think that is mindset at the end of the day right like if you're allowing something to not work you're self-sabotaging it's because there's just not focus there or there's not belief there that it can work and that it that it can be easy for you and that you're capable to do it um And I've been through a lot of really, really big transitions. I just did a a podcast episode on this, actually. I was like, just in case you think my life looks like it's amazing and it's really easy for me. I'm going to let you know the shit show that's been going on behind the scenes. And because, you know, I've been in an international long distance relationship with my husband for like going on six, seven years. I'm still in the process of it. I emigrated to Canada. I'm now in the process of emigrating to the US. We spent long, long, long times apart. You know, I've been healing CPTSD and like trauma that has massively impacted my health. And I've been, I've had work permits refused and had to, you know, literally not been able to go back to my apartment. Like a lot of these big things have gone through. And then now my partner is doing his residency at as a doctor in the hospitals in New York in the middle of the pandemic, he's going through this incredible stress and this like just insane amount of work that he's going through at this stage of his career. So that was really affecting me and just like moving to New York, having to shift that you know that moving to New York is, is a very challenging thing to do and particularly coming from Montreal where you know I'm used to this kind of like very easy very calm life with like you barely pay any rent and just have so much freedom and people are so generous in New York everyone's like get out of my way I'm too busy for you so <laughs> <laughs> so you know and, and I did I I went through periods where the stress did impact my business and it impacted my energy and I started to panic and I you know I, I like I had to shift around the way I was investing and and I definitely have been through periods where my confidence has, has been knocked and things just like weren't working as well as they were working before. And 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 that's something that I've really had to work through and really, you know, set those boundaries with myself. And I, And now I finally got to a place where I can acknowledge that my business can still thrive regardless as to what's going on in my personal life. Like I had one of the hardest months of my life earlier this year where there was just both of us me and my partner were going through like a lot individually and we didn't really have a support network here in New York you know it was so hard to connect with people during the pandemic and we just didn't have the support in as individuals and then that was just we were you know it just became too much for us and and i decided to go back to canada for a little bit to spend some time with my girlfriends which is what i just really needed even though i had to quarantine for another 2 weeks even though i had to walk across the border to avoid the whole like mess with the hotel quarantine and you know all logical things would would say like do not do this but i just had to follow my intuition and and do that for myself and and i was you know having total meltdowns and regardless i had one of the best months in my business because i really you know had learned i had that mindset shift that doesn't matter what we're going through we can still be completely human and we can still thrive and make money in really fun ways and it gets to work and it you know things don't have to go perfectly to mm-hmm. to hit our goals wow yeah that's i i mean i love this piece of it of like
0: yeah where do those boundaries blur between your personal life and you know your business especially when your business is something that's such a part of you and you know your passion your you're everything. And that's kind of in the space that I, it's funny talking to you today. Cause that's, I feel like I'm in that space where I've the past, like, like I'm taking this summer to kind of take a little bit of a step back from my business because there's so much going on in my personal life. And like, because my business is so focused on my creativity and my creative cycles and in doing that i need to honor my own creative cycles where sometimes there's not as much output and i kind of have to focus on like just nurturing myself before i can really give to others so that's definitely a big question that i'm dealing with currently and so yeah it's just interesting to hear like from someone who's gone through that and also kind of has built that up to that point where you know you're able to do both and you've kind of figured out that balance and so I mean, I'm kind of in my head, I'm kind of like, how, how can I do that? You know, and I'm sure many other, you know, maybe new entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs in like the middle of their journey. What kind of advice would you give to someone who's feeling in that position?
1: I really think we get to make our own rules and we get to have all of our needs fulfilled every single month. And I think that there's a little bit of a narrative in there that like, if I'm not XYZ enough, then I can't create what I want. And and I think this is kind of like a reconditioning process that women are going through in entrepreneurship is really tapping into our like feminine processes and ways of creating and receiving, breaking out of that paradigm of like, if I'm not full on action, 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 then I can't create and receive what it is that I desire, which is not true. And it's being disproven. And it's like, yes, obviously, you have to be willing to, like, take some action to be able to create things. But there's always there's always a way to adapt and honor our cycles and honor where we're at, and there's always a way to make it easier. And I think the more we align with the things that feel that we're really called to be doing, and the things that feel really fun and exciting to us, the the easier it becomes to be able to cre- create more of like a consistent rhythm in being able to output and receive and still take space. And I think it's such an interesting conversation and the like, concept that I've been thinking about a lot lately is frequency, because it's like, you know, and this comes like connects to the conversation of cycles. So obviously we've got like our monthly cycle and we have like peaks and we have dips and like throughout the day and like emotionally sometimes we'll feel you know, like lighter emotions sometimes will feel heavier emotions. And I know for me, obviously, like way back in the beginning of my burnout, those dips and those highs were like long. Like I would go two weeks of like being in severe depression, being highly unproductive and just like staring at the wall and like really struggling to take action and get things done. And now I feel that, you know, I obviously I've done a lot of work and, and healing and kind of clearing a lot of the stuff that wanted to come up for me to be able to process, which I really just feel like depression is. It's just you, your body asking for you to create space to release something or to listen to something. And so now, and because all of the tools that I have and because, you know, all of the consistent work that I've done to manage and elevate my energy and, and really take care of my health and, and built that into my daily non negotiable habits. You know, obviously, I still have moments where I experience heavier emotions, but my ability to bounce back again happens a lot more quickly. So it's like the frequency is faster and the gaps are shorter between the different the different spaces. And that's something that, you know, I always get to navigate. And I think the same goes for money, the same goes for, you know, output and work and, and the cycles that we're doing. So it's like if you want to increase the frequency of the money that you're earning, or you know, the 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 work, the output of the work that you're doing, like that's something that you get, get to navigate for yourself. And, you know, how can I support how can I support these cycles to, you know, if I want to increase the frequency in something, increase the frequency of it. And I think that's something that we get to play with. And for me, Personally, I, I like to live kind of like microcosmic, like, like microcosmic cycles every day, you know, so I make sure that that I give myself rest, like every week, deep rest and, you know, try to do that every day and make sure that I'm not in like super hyperactive output ever and so i'm not ever going down into those lower levels of burnout so that i can increase the frequency and i don't ever have to like you know be out of action for like two weeks but you know, everybody's cycles are different. It depends on your type of work. And, you know, maybe I will one day get to the point in my business where, you know, you look at people like Marie Folio and she does like one big launch a year and she makes like 20 million or whatever. And then I don't know what she's doing for the rest of the year, other fun things or like chilling. So, you know, right now my frequency is very like, every month I'm launching something, every month I'm making money because, you know, th- this is my income and it's the work, it's the method that I've created to support the life that i want and i've found a way of doing it in the way that works for me that doesn't involve tons of work that's really aligned with things that i enjoy doing that really energize me so i never have to i never have to give more energy than than feels good to me
0: mm. yeah that's that- beautiful i love the. yeah you get to create your own rules like just because it's been done one way before doesn't mean that that's the way that you need to do it and And really interested in this concept of frequency, which makes me think of the energetics of money, because I think money, uh, there's like so many different ways to look at money. And I think we are taught, you know, this very like three dimensional perspective of money, it's like money equals, you know, hours put in of work and like time spent equals money earned when in reality that's doesn't have to be true depending on how you look at it and so i'm curious like will you for people who maybe have never kind of been introduced to these concepts before and are kind of really stuck in that you know money equals time spent working will you give us an example like or just tell us what like the energetics behind money might be and how you can increase that frequency or decrease that frequency however which way you look at it
1: yeah i feel like Money mindset is just the same as any other mindset and that like we get to decide the rules, we get to decide what we believe in and it starts with examining what we hold true and looking at it and being like, is this serving me or could there be another reality that I could start to play in and start to create to explore if that might be possible for me, like I make money when I sleep, or you know, I, the more fun I have, the more money I make. The more, the more I rest, the more money I make. Because I know that's a big one, particularly for me. And I think we're all conditioned in that way. Like if you're resting, then like you're lazy. You're the the action isn't happening. That's going to get you to where you want to go. So there's this kind of like, oh, I feel guilty, or like I'm like panicking if I need to take a rest because it means the other things aren't going to happen. It's like really that's just a belief system. So really, and I think the difference between money mindset and mindset about any rules that we decide to make up in our life is just that we have so much cultural baggage around money that we hold so much toxicity, so much stress and anxiety, so many judgments and you know unconscious biases around money and around it being good or bad or who it's for and who it's not for and if it's available for me and if i'm worthy of it and if i'm it's available to me only when i do these types of things and it's available to me not when i do these other types of things and it, it all comes down to the same thing where like we get to make our own rules and what i find is you know, just writing it down, like what do I actually believe to be true about my relationship with money? What's available to me? How easy it is or not? And then crossing them out and just choosing a new like ideal reality and writing that story out. Because usually what happens is as soon as you write that story out, you can see the potential for that also to be true you're like oh no i guess there was that one time that you know i was paid for doing that thing that i really love that i thought i can't make money from or you know where you start to see more evidence out in the world that like actually tons of other people are already living this reality and i can see that every day that people are having lives of creative fulfillment and freedom you know have a voice and a thriving and making impact and making the money and having the lifestyle and even if you don't immediately see people that reinforce that ideal reality that you would love to live start looking you know start gathering evidence and then really just asking yourself like why not me like the only difference between somebody who has it and somebody who doesn't have it is somebody who believes that it's possible for them enough to take the action to create it like i really do believe that no matter like where we're from no matter our background no matter our cultural upbringings for sure we all have different You know, paradigms that we're brought up in, depending on what your social status was for your family, or, you know, like race, or like where you lived, the communities that you grew up in, your school teachers, like what types of narratives you've been exposed to that you've just simply held as truth. And yes, it takes consistent daily work to choose a different story when all you're seeing around you is these same old stories that you've been living in that maybe haven't been serving you and to be the person that breaks out of that it takes work it takes you know, you know like real focus and reconditioning to be like no I'm gonna choose to try living in this this other reality where actually it maybe gets it gets to be way simpler for me or you know I get to have way more joy in my relationship with money and to you know I, I really do feel that a lot of our triggers show up in our relationship with money because it's just such a hotbed for like anxiety and it's one of those places where it's very easy for whatever trauma we have that we haven't processed to show up and so really showing up in our relationship with money and moving through the discomfort and choosing to take uncomfortable different action that aligns with you know that vision of what we would like to experience in our relationship with money like that's really how you start to break out of the the behavior patterns Mm,
0: yeah, it's this stuff is so fascinating because, you know, when you really look at it, it's like it's it's all just simply a belief system. And if our belief system creates our reality, then we get to choose which belief system we want to live by and create that reality. And so, you know, when you're talking about doing this consistent, focused work in rewriting those narratives and changing those really deep-seated personal, individual, societal, cultural beliefs about money. How, what does that like consistent daily action look like what like what are some of the things that you can start with to really start shifting that perspective because it's one thing to write it out but it's a whole nother process to really like rewire the brain and rewire the nervous system and the body and so what are some things that you have done or maybe you give to your clients to do that can help really rewrite that story and embody
1: that story yeah, this is such a great question, because I, I really do believe that it's this work that makes all the difference in every single area of your life. Like my health just got so much better. My money started growing, like everything started to change when I started to commit to a daily mindset practice. And it doesn't have to take hours and hours. Like, it can literally be like 10, 20 minutes a day and consistently I'm working on it every single day, like I've never stopped. I've been through periods where I got lazy and complacent and I was like, oh, I'm making five figures a month. Like I've made it, I'm, you know, like this is easy for me now. And then I like stopped doing the mindset work and then it fizzled out for a little bit. (laughs) So, you know, just recognizing that, I think 90% of our thoughts are recycled. The majority of our thoughts came from what our parents were telling us when we were growing up. So we're literally just continuing these ancestral patterns of like our parents and our grandparents, unless we choose to nip those narratives in the butt and write new ones and really, you know, if you think how many times they've been recycling how how many years you've been alive on this planet, it it there's some work to do, you know, to be reinstalling new beliefs and the more you repeat something and and I find this with just repeating it like re- either writing it down and journaling, listening to money mindset focused content every day, so it's just going in while you're like You know listening or you're like making breakfast or whatever or having a bath or you know cleaning the house and like the more you hear these new ideas around money the more you start to internalize that the more you start to act on that and then suddenly you're like oh that's true for me now like it is you know like it's easy to make money that was one of the first biggest mindset shifts for me I was like, well, what if it was easy to make money? And then from that belief, from really repeating and committing to that belief, I started making very different decisions in my business and the way I was structuring my offers and what I was charging and who I was serving and you know, started to make choices that aligned with the things that I enjoyed the most. So, obviously it became easier. So, it's so powerful to just spend, you know, 10 to 20 minutes every day like non-negotiable listening to, writing out, consuming you know, inspiring content that is around new, a new belief, a new relationship with money that you would love to be true for you.
0: Yeah, that's so important. And I think, you know, it starts with that kind of work of really like internalizing that belief. And then there comes a point, I think too, where you haven't seen it like manifest in your reality yet. And so that, that can also be a trigger or, kind of like that stepping stone of, you know, you're, you're almost there. But like, if you haven't actually seen it in your reality, how can you truly believe it to be true for yourself? Like, I feel like it's that kind of like you have to see it to believe it. And so I'm curious for you, if you've come up against those, or if it really is just shifting that mindset of like, I don't have to see it to believe it.
1: Yeah, for sure, absolutely. I've definitely come up I come up against that regularly and you know, I've as I've built more confidence in this process, like start small, right? Like start with like I'm going to earn $1 extra this week or you know, I'm going to like manifest an extra $5 before the end of the week and and start to play with it and and then, you know, like put your prices up. Like I'm like I would always do that with my prices. I would write my hourly rate as a writer on a Post-it note that was my goal and I would stick it on my laptop. And then every time I got a new client, I would pitch them at my new rate. And every time they said yes, I was like, cool, now I'm at this new, new hourly rate. Then I would write the next you know, $5 up, $10 up, double it. And I just started becoming more and more confident in my ability to earn more money and to ask for what I want and to create it in the ways that I wanted to create it. So setting yourself little milestones of like, what would an incremental step towards that next level look like? And then just doing that and, and committing to it until it happens, you know? And, and gradually I got more and more like ballsy with the, with the, my income goals and set really high numbers then i'm like i have no idea how i'm going how this is going to happen i know other people are doing it so why not me even though i have no clue how it's going to happen and then that will trigger all of your fears all of your limiting beliefs around why it's not possible for you and you get to work through those but as long as you stay committed to your goal even if it takes you a year even if it takes you 2 years isn't it worth staying committed to it and not giving up on it until it actually happens and and you know it's really that simple. Like if you never give up on something, you will create it eventually. And it can happen, even though it can feel like it's taking a really long time, you know, everything that comes up for you in that space is just your shit and insecurities that you get to work through and be like, oh, what is all of this bullshit that I've been telling myself about not being good enough or, you know, that it needs to be hard or that it's gonna be scary or all of these fear stories, like where have they come from? And then you just get to clear them all out, write the new story, repeat, 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 until you get there. Mm, yeah that's so helpful to hear and it kind of
0: it almost just demystifies the process because i think money is a mysterious thing like it just you know and maybe that's part of my conditioning too where it's like it's this magical mysterious thing when in reality it's like you can set the goal and you can hit the goal (laughs) like as simple as that and i know you work with a lot of creative people and artists and i think you know artists and money mindset is a whole nother topic because Typically artists aren't compensated for their work. You know, artists are expected to work very long hours for little to no pay. I actually am in the midst of this theater that I used to work at a couple years ago. They have an apprenticeship program where you work 50 plus hours a week, sometimes 80 hours a week, and you earn $150 a week. So for some people, that's 50 cents an hour. And that is like so ingrained in the artistic creative world in, in the US. And, and I have to also stop myself and think that like, it's a privilege that we're even able to make art and that be, be compensated for it. Because in other countries, that's not even a reality. Professional artists are not even a thing. So it's, it's brought up this whole thing for me. So it's interesting that talking to you today, while this is all going on, of like yeah how is it different working with artists and creatives with this mindset and like what are those some of common stories or beliefs that you see come up and and what has that informed like in the way that you know helping them move through it or or changing this like cultural idea around artists and money
1: yeah this is such a great topic and you know really what inspired me to get into money mindset in the first place because i'm always just surrounded all my friends are artists and you know i get to see all of these incredible like talented intelligent like amazing people who are just broke and like struggling and uh, you know who i know that when artists get to do their work and they get to reach bigger audiences with their work like it changes the culture it shapes our conversations and it moves our world in the direction of a better vision you know like artists are the visionaries and so i'm so excited to bring these two conversations together the money mindset and and then you know artists and their worth and you know I've also definitely like been through that as well like my whole life being told like no you can't study anything creative you need to get a proper job you need to like do the thing that will help you get hired and you know really focus on making money first because your creativity is worthless like that was really you know the message that i had internalized from my parents from my teachers and and i feel like that's a very common story and so you know that's also part of what drove me to business because particularly during my masters in film studies i studied a lot of women directors and it just seemed like this this common narrative that like women's stories aren't funded because they're not proven they're not palatable to like the audience or like people don't want to hear stories about women or they don't want to see all this stuff it's always about mental health issues and blah 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 and i was like what's even the point in applying for grants if like you're going to get rejected and putting all of that work in, wouldn't it be cool if we could create our own wealth so we could fund whatever projects we wanted to fund and we wouldn't have to ask for permission from anybody else. And, you know, obviously, I know things are really changing now and there are tons of opportunities for women to thrive creatively. And, but again, it's the same principles. And like some, so for example, like one really common one is like, if I want to make money doing the thing that I love, then I have to do gigs that like don't align with my values or for people that I don't want to work for or you know these types of limiting stories and just with anything if you're willing to challenge it and like really acknowledge like what if what if it was different what if there was another story you know I've noticed in doing that when with clients when they've shifted their perception around that then suddenly they just get these dream gigs that like pay them the money that they want with people that they're really excited to work for and you know, like nom- like award nominations come out of the blue because they've shifted the narratives of limiting narratives. And, you know, I definitely think it, like a part of it is having boundaries and not being willing to work for money that doesn't feel good to you. And that's such a personal decision too, right? But I, I do believe like particularly with the wage gap with women, like if women stop, if like refuse to work for less than the money, you know, and really take a stand for asking for and not being available for anything less than what it is that we desire, then that will happen. Like, there is abundant opportunity. It's up to us to create the standards by which we're willing to live by. And if we're willing to settle for less, then that's what we'll continue to get. And, you know, that has to come from us. Nobody's gonna be like, oh, here you go. Here's like way more money than you ever asked for. I mean, like maybe, but you know, until you you can, like you either experience that miracle or believe that that's possible for you. We have to raise our standards, we have to be willing to say no, and we have to be willing to create our own opportunities and, you know, being willing to see it from a perspective of abundant opportunities, particularly now when, you know, oh, the capability to reach our own audience, the capability to, you know, create our own like digital media and reach people and share our work so accessibly, um, there really are unlimited opportunities to pave our own way. And and also there's nothing wrong with taking a job that like doesn't pay well because you really wanna be a part of that project and that's gonna feed you in certain ways. And you still get to have all of your needs met and you still get to receive and create the money that you desire for your life and just really open up to aligned ways to do that. We never have to, I really don't believe we ever have to sacrifice our values. We never have to sacrifice our health. We don't have to sacrifice by doing things that don't feel good to us we simply need to open up to more possibility to be able to create opportunities to do that and maybe that's like a really sweet teaching gig or you know creating a course offer that you can sell to create a passive income that then supports your creative projects as you build your you know your portfolio over there and i really feel there are so many unlimited opportunities particularly for artists who are so creative and so resourceful and able to you know pull things together from nothing and create opportunities through relationships and you know just being super creative like bringing that creativity to money and releasing all of the hang-ups all of the negative stories and being like how can I be super creative in creating wealth and like picking a number, you know, like getting really clear, what is the number that I would love for this project or to be able to support my lifestyle and what would be some really fun ways to do that and give myself permission for it to be easy, give myself permission to not have to make sacrifices, give myself permission for it to, you know, really harmoniously support all of my creative projects and to actually feed me. Because I do, I really believe that, you know, obviously a lot of artists teach as well, right? And now we have this um, these amazing capabilities to create digital content to create courses to reach people online to scale our offers to share our gifts and talents with so many more people in ways that can create really unlimited revenue so i think it's really just down to to willingness um, to shift the stories and to be able to imagine that we actually can have our needs met
0: mm, yeah thank you for sharing all that and i think it's just such a such an important topic, and and it feels so expansive because, like you know, we were talking about just rewriting your own rules, and I think that's kind of how my journey started too, as an artist and as a creative. You know, not seeing, you know, I I didn't I was like I I something felt wrong when I was looking at all of the incredibly talented and creative people that spend thousands of dollars on their education, thousands of time spent invested in studying their craft. And, and what do they do? They move to New York to stand in line at, with 500 other people to maybe not get seen for 30 seconds. And like, that's the reality of the non-union actor life. And, and now I think in, in 2020, 2021, we're seeing some of the, that start to change, which is amazing. But That's really how I got into this work because I was like, no, there there's, there's more than that. And, and whatever you desire, you can create and it just feels really expansive and empowering. And so I just want to thank you for doing the work that you do because it's so necessary and so important. And yeah, I just want to say thank you. And also we love sharing creative resources on this podcast. So if you have any, you know, where can someone start if they're interested in learning, about money mindset starting to shift some of those old stories what are some of you know the beginner tools that you would
1: suggest amazing yeah thank you so much for having me on i love this conversation so if you go to my website with sarah mac w-i-t-h sarah with an h m-a-c dot com There's a um, tab called freebies and under there I have a creative money meditation. So that is something with like all of the the new beliefs that I created to really open up to expansive possibilities to be able to create and receive wealth in fun and creative ways to just listen to that every day and there's another training in there on getting over imposter syndrome like if you want to step out and do teaching or coaching to really get clear on actually how much value you have to offer. There's another one in there as well as well as on how to write copy if you are ever in interested in digital marketing support as well Ah, oh,
0: thank you that's so helpful we'll definitely put all of that in the show notes and then people can check out your website if they want to connect with you and just want to thank you again sarah this has been awesome and just given me so many nuggets to kind of mull over mull over myself so thank you so much thank you so much for having me Leia. i hope you enjoyed that episode and thank you so much for listening if you like this episode please feel free to share it with a friend and tell them what inspired you shining your creative soul.